check, check, check. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Homo Latte. My name is Scott Free, and uh, tonight, well, this is a twice a month queer performance series. And tonight we have performing Kenzie Elizabeth. Let's hear it for Kenzie. We also have performing Carolyn Reynolds. Let's hear it for Carolyn. And if you've never been to Homo Latte, we just have a couple basic rules. Um, I'm going to pass around the tip jar, which looks like a uh, water a pitcher, but just for tonight, it's a tip jar. And uh, the proceeds are split between the artists performing. I take zero, and Big Chicks take zero. So um, to keep the show going, we really love it if you eat and drink up, which it looks like you already know how to do that. But just in case you don't, you go next door into the salon and order food, and then Justin brings it in. Or you can, uh, and drinks, you just go to the bar and get drinks. I'm going to turn this down a little. And uh, so I'm just going to start with one song, and then Kenzie will be up. Um, I usually do a Scott Free theme song, uh, but I realized my, my th well, I've had two. I've been doing this show for years and years, like 18 years. And um, I know, scary. And uh, so I usually had a theme song, and I realized my theme songs are so depressing. So I'm going to do a positive theme. Well, hopefully it'll turn into a theme song. And this is on a, uh, it's going to be a CD or album released uh, this year. It's like a family CD. Um, it has a fake band name like uh, the Archies. Um, so they're called the Diesel Types. And I've got uh, my nephews uh, and a couple of my uh, percussionist kids uh, doing voices. And, but anyway, I sing on this song. And it's called Loveliest. is peaceful and joy is joyous but love is so very lovely love is the loveliest hope is hopeful and glory glorious but love is so very lovely love is the loveliest Clouds are cloudy and milk is milky and waves are wavy and silk is silky. Shop is charming, demands are demanding. Puzzles, they're puzzling. Commands are commanding, but peace is peaceful and joy is joyous. But love is so very lovely.
thank you very much. And please welcome to our stage, Tansy Elizabeth. Sleep with your ex. 
And you're like, you can do this. You can do this. Do not cry. You can do this. I, in hopes that a more confident woman or person will fly through the mirror and swallow you whole and just live your life as that confident person. Yes, I know what that feels like. Um, I know, I kind of, I thought it was interesting because I do find, in the past year I have found myself being like, you can get through this, you can get through this. You can get through this. And like hoping some, this like magical creature will come through and kind of like live my life for me. Um, and I kind of wondering if like the, the Bloody Mary and that Beyonce version of yourself is like are actually living your life, you know, somewhere out in the ether, you know, when you turn from the mirror, these like likenesses of you will turn around and go, go to that meeting, you know, go fuck your ex or murder someone uh, or cry. And a, a part of me just wanted to kind of ask you, like when you look in the mirror, who are you seeing? Like, are you really looking at yourself, um, your actual self? Or are you witnessing a version of yourself that you could be, the version of yourself that you could be if you actually did commit murder or <laughs> if you actually believed that you were beautiful? Uh, they say that the definition of hell is when the person you become meets the person that you could have been, when you become face to face. Uh, in the beginning, for me, the person I could have been was my identical twin. So my 19-year-old parents uh, knew, didn't know they were having twins up until about a month or so before we were born. Uh, and when we came out, we were I was I was Mackenzie, um, <laughs> still am. Uh, was Mackenzie? My sister uh, Britton was born on February 28th of 1990. We're in the Pisces season. If you didn't know, hello, we're here. You're welcome. Okay. Um, my mom had a C-section, which is uh, pretty typical, actually, for twins. Are we uh, high five for C-section? Oh, we got twins! That's right! I totally forgot. I totally forgot. We got C-section twins! Wouldn't that be a weird thing if we were like, C-section? <laughs> yes, I identify. Um, well, my mom, so my mom says that she was awake for the surgery, which so that means either she was a witch or she experienced that like horrible Jessica Alba movie where the anesthesiologist just like forgot to turn on the machine and like, you know. Um, but when I came out, the nurses and the doctors thought it was very weird that I didn't come out screaming or making any noise, or I didn't come out screaming, but I was making noise. And it sounded like I was talking. And which is not normal for babies. And the doctor apparently headed me off a nurse who said, like, put me in a crib and said something like, well, that girl has something to say. <laughs> which I'm sure seems like cute and adorable. <laughs> but like, <laughs> when my sister was pulled out, um, all hell broke loose. My sister was uh, very sick. She was born with bronchitis um, because someone was sucking up nutrients. I don't know who that could be. <laughs> um, but they whisked her off and they whisked my mom off to some baby ICU. And um, I very truly was left in a crib in the corner, um, just like babbling to a room of nobody, um, which is very appropriate for the way that we grew up. Um, I've been making up for it ever since <coughs> by performing for rooms of people who have to listen to me. <laughs> Um, my sister and I, my sister Britton and I were best friends growing up. We shared everything, uh, everything besides our looks. We cried together. My mom has a story about how my sister would cry and I would wait. She's done. Great. And then I would start. <laughs> Just to give her a little bit, not, not an actual break, but to give her like a, like a loud break. Um, we shared our room, we shared clothes. Uh, one time we got into a fight because Britton 
wore the flared pair of jeans to the ice skating party we were going to, and like, God forbid, because, you know, you don't want to tuck your jeans into your ice skates, you want to wear the flare, because you don't want to look like you're on ice skates. It's fine. Okay, whatever. It's fine. It's just me. Okay, okay, it's fine. Um, but we even have shared memories. My sister believes that she was stung by a bee. She's never been stung by a bee, but she could tell you where I was stung by a bee, who found me, how much it hurt, who picked me up, and how they picked me up. She wasn't even home at the time. And then, like, where they laid me on the couch, the sweet tear that fell from my face. Um, we were big as thieves. And when we were at home, we played together all the time. We played pretend, and we were very good at it. Uh, we were a team, and we kind of flip-flopped parts all the time. Um, we could mirror each other to get one job done. This is always like telling the best story. My sister loved playing a princess, so I would play <coughs> a flounder to her little mermaid, <laughs> which was fine. Flounder's cool as shit, right? <laughs> he knows boundaries. <laughs> he's very emotionally intelligent. Uh, he's very like aware of what could kill you. Um, he's fine. Um, but we had the ability to play all of the parts ourselves, you know, all at once. The only thing that mattered was the story being told. I mean, like, you can picture these two identical little human beings running around kind of operating as one, flowing in and out of princesses and princes and villains and sidekicks, and all for the sake of just getting to the story. Uh, but when we got to school, it was a little less easy to see the similarities and more easy to see the differences. Um, my sister was, ever since being born sick, she was very small. So she is, she looks very much like me, but she's kind of like built like a bird version. <laughs> She's like very, like very light and very thin. She's got these like long mermaid hair. And um, my sister was also very popular. She played tag and spin the bottle with boys on the playground. She was the lead in all the plays. And she wasn't scared to shave her legs. Uh, she could fit into Abercrombie jeans. And she got her period first. <coughs> it's fine. Uh, but she even figured out how to straighten her hair into like into this like long, luscious, like beautiful. And that's how people used to tell us apart because they'd be like, oh, uh, well, this is Britain. She's the straight one. Oh. <laughs> Which isn't a lie. <laughs> but I, like, didn't know that at 10. Thank you, Christina Rojas. Um, my sister became kind of this image mirror that started to haunt me. And she was, you know, very practically, she was practically, like, followed by birds every goddamn morning and I was <laughs> with a very fuzzy distinct triangle haircut and like a gap in front of my teeth and it was, it was a little stressful okay it was very hard um, but high school was no better it, uh, I competed against my sister for everything leads in the school plays, grades, friends better hair, better clothes but I was always felt like I was coming up short um, I was living with a mirror image that was uh, kind of the fairest of them all um Felt like I was always kind of looking at a mirror, and the mirror was saying, yep, she got an A on that French quiz, because the only French you know is how to eat a baguette. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so when senior year rolled around, my sister got uh, the lead in all three plays that were put up at my school, and she was named most likely to get a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I thought to myself, oh, I need to kill my sister. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I just need to stop eating bread or something. <laughs> Um, because uh, fate's funny and being a twin is fucking weird. 
without talking to each other at all, um, we decided to major in the exact same thing and go to colleges in the exact same city. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I would forever be doomed to be the straight one's sister. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We're at separate schools and, you know, we're on separate sides of the city. Boston's big, right? <laughs> um, but, but when I got to school, I started to realize that I didn't quite know even who I was without the other person to kind of reflect off of. I never really looked at myself without seeing myself through my sister first. Uh, so it got to a place where I was changing my clothes five times a day in college. And I was in front of my dorm mirror not knowing who I was. I never felt comfortable. I, was, I didn't understand what I was looking at when I was looking in the mirror. Um, and it was in an acting class, actually, where we had to do kind of Meisner repetitions. If uh, other actors, you poor souls, are here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to do these Meisner in, in acting, and, which is basically just sit in front of another poor soul, and you just repeat the same words over and over, but you like change the intonation just to be like funny. Uh, <laughs> and there was this uh, girl named Annie. She's sitting in front of me, and she uh, starts with like, you know, I like you. And I was like, I like you. And she's like, I like you. You're cute. And I was like, you're cute. And then it goes, you're cute. And it was like, you're cute. You're cute. You're cute. And then I had this feeling <laughs> kind of wash over me um, so intensely that I ended up running from class with a million thoughts in my brain. I ran to a convenience store for food, and I was like, I... I didn't even know what to do with all the things kind of flowing through my brain. I can't be what I think this is. I can't be what, what I think this is. And there's no way. There's no way. Gay people are only in floats and in the movie rent. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. And I ran back to my dorm and I opened my closet to look in the mirror and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And I had this thought and I was like, but there is a way. <laughs> there might be a way. And I looked at myself and I couldn't quite focus on what was happening. <coughs> and in panic, I said, oh god. And I looked down at what I bought at the convenience store, I said, Ben and Jerry, help me out! And then I was like, oh my god, are you gay too? <laughs> I just lost my damn mind. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't quite know how to, I didn't know any gay people growing up, and um, being kind of the foil to your sister, I, I, I think that was what I had focused on for most of my life. Uh, so I had no idea what was going on with me. Um, but, you know, funny, I didn't have to really focus on it because the summer before sophomore year, my parents sat my sister and I down to explain to us that the recession hit my family really hard. And we were at a place where we could no longer afford to send both my sister and I to school. And that a decision had to be made. And in the moment I thought to myself, Kill your sister. <laughs> Take her out. Knock her down. Um, but then through this like murderous fog, uh, I heard that my sister was crying, and I looked at her, and for the first time, I didn't see what I wasn't. I saw the person in front of me, and how much she needed that. So I moved home. I moved home and I didn't really know what I was gonna do with my life. Um, so I became a vegetarian. <laughs> and I was like, that'll be my thing. Yeah, that'll be my thing. And I moved to Chicago and I was like, I'm a vegetarian living in Chicago. Question like, who knows? <laughs> like, um, and I was like, I could, I could figure it out. I'm, I'm by myself now, it's fine. But it didn't last very long because I fell in love. <laughs> and it's fine. 
I think the worst thing that I do to yeah, it's funny, but she was so lovely. She smells kind of like uh, if you're ever downtown and the Blomer Chocolate Factory kind of like has a strong, swift lead up north or <laughs> wherever. She smelled like that. She kind of she smelled like chocolate. She smelled like home. Uh, it, the feeling I got around her was um, my dad playing guitar and my mom tapping her foot. Uh, she was like uh, Sunday candy. I don't know. <laughs> so she like the more that we spent time together, the more that I started to become aware that there was uh, something I needed to tell my family. Um, which is funny because I think coming out is a weird thing, in, especially in America. I think it's weird because it's not about you, it's about other people. It's about the people in your life. It's like getting married, right? Like if you love somebody, I don't think marriage would be a thing unless you wanted to share it with everybody and bring everybody in on this weird game we're doing. <laughs> um, and I think coming out's a similar thing because um, otherwise I think we'd all just like be dating each other and be having a fine time. Don't you think we'd have a fine time? <laughs> we'd have a fine time. We'd have to tell no one. You know, like it's, I think it's just a, um, but it informs the people around you. I, uh, suddenly I feel like it informs people around you how to, how to talk to you, you know? Like it informs the people around you how to deal with you. Not that you want them to deal with you any different, but, but it's not about you. Because if it was, we wouldn't have to do it in the first place. So, which is funny because I think my family, each person in my family had a very different reaction to how I came out, which says a lot because I think when you bring something like that to a family, um, you just become a mirror for them. Um, like for instance, I called my sister and I told her that I was seeing somebody and she started to weep on the phone and I was very nervous and I said, Hello? And she said, oh, I'm feeling so many things. I'm so happy for you. And I was like, Gregor Grant, she's like, I've had crushes on women too. And I was like, this is not the same. Do not take this from me. And then I talked to my brother, and my brother said, you know, very, my brother's two years younger than me, and he was as high as a goddamn kite, and he was like, this is very Frank Ocean of you, and I was like, <laughs> I was like no, it's not, that is inappropriate, uh, and then um, I told my mom, and my mom said, you know, how come you didn't tell me, why didn't you tell me, why didn't I know, and I was like, bitch, I didn't even know, like, what, I was like, I don't even, I just figured it out, Ben and Jerry helped me figure it out, showed up to tell my dad who I was nervous because he's from Kentucky and God only knows what they're going to do. So <laughs> sitting there all sweating and stressed and the show Girls is on in the background and I was like, oh God, my dad's popping like peanuts in his mouth and before I could even say it, he's like, what is this weird silence? You about to tell me you're dating a girl? Oh. And I was like, yes, I am. And he was like, well, don't be so fucking dumb. I love you no matter what. And he sat down right next to me and he held my hand and that's when my youngest brother walked in. And he looks at the TV screen. I mean, he's like nine years younger than me. He looks at the TV screen and he goes, what is this, that show about lesbians? What is this show, what's this, girls? And my dad goes, get out. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and Jack, I guess, goes to the kitchen, and my dad goes, um, I love you no matter what. No matter what, if you're dating a girl, if you're dating an alien. I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks. And then my brother, my youngest brother, through this weird window we have from the kitchen into our living room goes, why don't y'all just stop me from saying stupid shit all the time? <laughs> and my dad, no lie, turns back and goes, learn to not say stupid shit. <laughs>
and I tried to tell myself at year three that when I was looking at my face in the mirror that I wasn't seeing my anxiety and I wasn't seeing my sleep deprivation and I wasn't seeing how I wasn't eating, eating anymore. I was just trying and working to love this person so much that they could love themselves and at this for the sake of myself. I was loving them for the both of us. I was loving myself for the both of us. And we lived on scraps of ourselves for months. My sister came to town and I happened to go out to dinner with her and I was explaining everything and I said, I said, she's going through a lot, you know, she's going through a lot, she's going through so much, it's so hard, you know, I mean, everything's so hard and, and I understand and I'm, you know, it's fine, it's fine, my happiness can wait, it's fine, it's fine. And the words would like fall from my mouth before I could even stop them. It's crazy to look at your face looking back at you, hearing that. It was as if I was at to dinner with a mirror and I couldn't get rid of that. We lived on scraps of ourselves for about three more months before uh, I couldn't do it anymore. And she said to me, I can't date you anymore because you make me look at myself and I hate that. You make me see myself and I don't like that. And then she said, why don't you take the cat? <laughs> and I said, huh? <laughs> um, so I moved into a spare room of an apartment of a high school friend with a cat I never wanted. <laughs> um, and it, this high school friend, Anna, handed me the keys. She pet my cat and then she said, the bathroom is all yours, jacuzzi tub, take as many baths as you want. I'm so happy to have you here. It's kind of wild, throw back to high school. But I can tell you and Britain apart now, it's kind of crazy because you're the curly one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as she walked out, I said, I am the curly one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the curly one who has a cat. I live in a spare bedroom and I'm alone. And when I look in the mirror, all I see is pain. And the only thing that looks back at me is pain. So I didn't know what I was gonna do. So I became a vegetarian again. <laughs> second shot. <laughs> See if it'd stick. Uh, and then I just pulled a Hillary Clinton and like went hiking in the woods like every day. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> like ran away. Uh, full circle. Here we are. <laughs> um, and I went to New York to see my sister. And when I was in New York, um, my, my sister just sat across. I mean, most of our time together, we spent about a week together. Most of our time was silent. Um, it was just kind of sitting next to each other, um, existing with another person who you don't have to talk to. One, because we have twi win twin language. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but really, there's a level of being able to talk to this person without having to talk to them. Um, and I left, I went to go see a, a different friend and I left their apartment and as I took the three hour train ride from Brooklyn to Harlem, Guys, New York sucks. <laughs> um, I sat across from um, a group of young girls 
who were all sitting on the train and having this like lovely time and they were all, you could tell that they could all see the best of themselves in each other. And I got back to my sister's apartment feeling kind of like hopeful. And I crawled in my sister's bed and face to face with her asleep, I kind of looked at her and I didn't see what I wasn't. I didn't see what I could have been. I just, in her face, saw me. And maybe the beginning is the end. Or maybe the middle is the end. Or maybe it didn't start even with my sister. Maybe it started even before that. You know, maybe, maybe you know, it, it continued with my ex. Or it, it'll end tomorrow. Or it'll end years from now. Or maybe it'll never end. But... It's always been here, the thing that's looking at you in the mirror. Bloody Mary or Beyonce or Britain or <laughs> my ex or me or you, all of you. We all see each other in ourselves. We see, I see myself in you, but I see you in me too. When light comes into a room, um, if there's nothing in the room and it has nothing to bounce off of, it'll just get swallowed, you'll never see the light because it just kind of gets sucked up like a black, that's what a black hole is. And sometimes I think that we can't exist without other people to bounce off of. Because if we didn't have each other, then there would be nothing to see, no light. But the light's always coming from you. So it has a place to start, and I think it always starts with you. Thank you. time for Kenzie Elizabeth. And we're going to take a short break, give you a little break here, and uh, then Carolyn will be up. So hang out for a little. before, but I, I only ever write music when I'm like 
madly in love with someone who doesn't like me at all. <laughs> so I haven't written music in a while, because I got a boo now. Uh, no, but I, I also was like single for a while and wasn't writing music, so I was like super happy, and I don't write music when I'm happy. Why is art that way, you know? Like, we only make art when we're fucking miserable. I mean, whatever. So, this is a newish song. It's one of my newest, but I wrote it um, like a year and a half ago. Sweet. 
to register to vote in the Illinois primary. Primaries are on March 20th. Kenzie, get your shit together. <laughs> Kenzie is going to be the only one at the polls on March 4th. I'm getting y'all ready for March 20th. So if you're not registered to vote in the state of Illinois and you want to vote on March 20th, come talk to me after the show. I have a link. I will text it to you. And you should do it before you go to bed tonight. You have until tonight. Because um, shit is really fucked up right now. And uh, that's all we've got is, is one vote each. So let's use it. <laughs> Please. And if you're not going to use it for yourself, use it for someone else who needs it a lot. <laughs> this is a love song I wrote for the patriarchy. <laughs> If you 
Wanna be a hero will find yourself a zero with a hands up crying, what's a girl to do? Sure. <laughs> but like, what about 
what about Kate Winslet, though? Like, <laughs> can we talk about that for a second? And that was just me? Oh, it literally is just me. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and so, yeah, this song is, is kind of like a silly, um, like what my young queer self would have said um, if I had the words and the representation for it. So 
it on later. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you have heard that song without that before. Um, <laughs> that was just my adult self being really real about it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play um, another cover for you guys. <laughs> this artist and I have very similar styles. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's also an acoustic singer-songwriter slash rapper named Drake. <laughs>
switch things up. <laughs> Do I look enormous? <laughs> I'm sorry. People have come to my shows before. It's my only joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is a song I wrote called Lollipop. And again, I wrote it for Miles. I was really excited. This is for you, Miles. Um, I did. I wrote this song about a, a girl that I was madly in love with who did not want to date me at all. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was years ago. We're over it now. <laughs>
covers for the cover. Um, I like to, every show I try to play a song I've never performed before. Um, and uh, I have not wanted to perform this song before because it's not perfect. Um, and I, <laughs> if you've met me, <laughs> you know that that's really hard for me. Um, no, I'm just like, but but there is no place for perfection in art, right? Like, so just fucking get over it already, Carolyn. So here we are. We're playing music that is not perfect, and it's fine, and the world's not gonna end. My dear friend Hannah and I are in a band together called the No Mistakes Band. Yay! <laughs> and uh, we don't have a gig lined up, but uh, <laughs> check my thing. <laughs> check my play. It's <laughs> a good plug, right? <laughs> uh, I think one of the best albums written in my lifetime is uh, Hosier's last album. It just like really just like gets in there, you know, and like rips everything inside your body out of you and like puts it on a plate and bakes it into a pie and gives it back to you. And so I'm, I'm slowly trying to learn the entire album because it really changed my life when it came out and it was like right after a really big breakup and it was just like, you know, it's like how's you're in Adele when you're going, when you're like, when you're like in that place, you know. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Really do it for ya. Uh -huh. Kenzie, do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Do you know? <laughs> this is uh, so one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite albums. This is called Cherry Wine. <laughs> Guilty thrown at me all while she stays 
Thanks for stopping in tonight. Good night.